0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Wandering Sun Podcast. If this is your first time on the podcast, what we usually do here is have conversations with people who are actively being transformed by Jesus. I am your host, Eric Villatoro, and today I have Jason Diaz, Pastor Jason Diaz. How you doing, my man?
1: I'm blessed, man. Thank you for having us. It's, it's, a, it's an honor to be here.
0: Bro, thank you so much for coming on. I saw you, I just met you about right. what a week ago two weeks ago about,
1: just about like yeah, two weeks ago i think now
0: <laughs> yeah about two weeks ago yeah. i went randomly to a retreat in north carolina with a friend he just asked me to tag along and that first night that we were there you were the one that um happened to preach i don't even think it was planned for you to preach that day I it think, wasn't <laughs> yeah i think it was somebody else um, but they were stuck on like snow and you delivered a powerful word, man. And then I got the pleasure to just capture some content as you were ministering to the, to the congregation. And I was really just intrigued by your story, by how God has led you in these um, last couple of years. So I'm so happy to just be able to talk, talk about it and see you know, what Holy Spirit does through this. Let's just go straight into it, man. What did God, what did Jesus do in your life? Where did he take you from to get you to where you are now?
1: So I grew up in a Christian home. Uh, I was born and raised in Jamaica, Queens, New York. Um, so my whole life was ministry. My father was the co-pastor over there and it was a very a very uh, big ministry um, that him and my uncle founded uh, back in the eighties. And you know, that was my whole life. I grew up in that church. I was part of the choir. Uh, my sister was part of the choir. I was just getting involved with the youth. And then my father got a, the calling from the Lord to come to Charlotte and open, you know, to open a church. But we didn't start the church like a lot of ministers, you know, would start a church. You know, they have a team, you know, they have. No, it was just literally uh, my father, mother, myself and my sister and my beagle <laughs> moving from Queens. And uh, and we came to Charlotte. But, you know, obviously, as a 14 year old. Uh, who's, of course, you know, dealing with immaturity, um, didn't want nothing to do with Charlotte. Uh, I wanted to be back in New York. I miss my friends. I miss my church. And then of course, you know, my parents are here trying to establish something new. Um, I kind of, I just got disconnected. You know, I got disconnected from, from, from the Lord and, you know, people be like, well, you were just 14. You were a kid. Well, you know, uh, when you're 14, you're still you know, exposed to a lot of things and you're able to do a lot of things. And it was a seven year process uh, where I was completely uh, disconnected from the church. I didn't want nothing to do with Christ. Um, Hmm. I hated legalism. Um, It was because of legalism that I didn't want nothing to do with God. Cause I felt that God was like this, this big bully in the throne with a big old whip and just waiting for your mess ups. And, and, you know, the first chance he had, he would just whip you into, into shape or whatever. So I didn't want nothing to do with that. You know, I was like, no, but one thing is that I couldn't, I couldn't, how how, what's the word? I couldn't deny the realness of God, regardless of, of my position of my rebellion, Because when I was young I saw so many miracles. I mean, I saw people's hands grow like legit. I saw so many things and um because the church uh was a church in revival, you know, so I knew God was real. But I had heart in my heart. So I didn't I didn't really want nothing to do with God. And then uh it took a process of seven years. You know, in that process I met my my who is now wife, you know, we weren't Christians and uh we were dated for about three years. Um, I came first to the Lord and she came right after. But it's funny because I came first to the Lord, uh, but she committed first to the Lord, <laughs> if you know what I mean. You know, I came to the Lord like, yeah, God forgive me, but I was still struggling with a lot of things, but my wife was completely radical. And um, so a month into coming to the Lord, uh, I went away to, uh, to Louisiana and I started seminary uh, because I just knew I had to get disconnected from my environment in order for me to grow. and and to, and to see what God had called me to do. So, uh, I broke up my relationship, uh, for that we had for three years. Um, and I didn't break it up, you know, be like, all right, let's take a pause and I'll come back. No, I was like, we're done. Um, but in God's plan was for us to come back together eventually. Um, uh, they anointed me youth pastor here in 2012 and it's been a right ever since. (laughs) Sheesh,
0: man. That's crazy. I, um, you know, what stood out to me right now was you talking about, you know, you couldn't deny um, who God was by just like the miracles and stuff that yeah. you were seeing, and how you just casually mentioned somebody's arm growing out. You just casually. It's <laughs> <that's> not something. <laughs> that's not something you just see, like, oh, yeah, man. Yeah. Well, so fast forward and. Now into into the position that you are in now. Well, even before where you're at right now, when when I saw you tell your testimony, one of the foundations or one of the core things you were speaking about was your trip to El Salvador, yes. Um, and how the Lord called you um, to on a trip. I don't think um, it was specifically El Salvador. You just had felt the call um, that there was a trip, and then uh, you ended up. Correct me if I'm wrong. Ended up selling everything, and then going out there with your wife. Can you just tell me, tell us about that decision and what happened there? Cause for somebody to just say, okay, I'm going to just leave everything, go to a whole different country and go evangelize with my, with my wife. That's a pretty, that's a pretty crazy thing to do. Um, could you just share with us what happened there?
1: Yeah. So in 2018, um, in February of 2018, uh, I went in a mission trip to, uh, to Honduras, uh, it was more like an apostolic visit. Uh, there was a church in Honduras asking for my father's covering and my dad wanted me to tag along. So we went and it was great. I mean, the first mission trip that I ever did outside of the U S was in Honduras. So it was kind of nice just going back there and, and seeing the hunger, you know, mm-hmm. for God. And but throughout those months, uh, God was speaking to to us, to to myself and to my wife personally, that there was going to be a time uh, where God was going to take us out of the ministry, the local ministry, and was going to take us out to the nations. Mm. And of course, you know, when you talk about the nations, you're out here thinking, hopefully it's London, hopefully it's Madrid, you know, hopefully it's is this pretty country, you know, because of course we're Americans, we're little, we're pampered, (laughs) so we don't want the struggle, right? So you know we, but I do have a lot of Argentines who are friends of ours. My my uh, my spiritual parents, uh, along with my wife, they're they're Argentinian, and mm. you know they've been in this road with us since the beginning. And you know through them I was receiving a lot of word, but also through other prophets who would come to the house. And I mean, bro, it was to the point where we were at a service, the dude was preaching, and I don't know, he was like, hey, this is what the Lord says, your time here is coming up, blah blah blah, boom boom. I mean, like that. And it was one of those things where you couldn't deny it. And I was kind of struggling with the idea on how to go about it. Hmm. But then uh, I remember I I used to work property management. So I used to, I used to, uh, I was in charge of the accounting and the finances of apartments uh, in here, here in Charlotte. And at work, I mean, I just felt a discomfort. I just did not want to be there. I mean, I liked what I did. I mean, I, I enjoyed it. It was good it was, you know, it was, it was financial security. Uh, But I I really didn't, at one point, we just got to the point where we did not want to be there no more. And uh, this whole time, I'm like preparing to move to Argentina, Mm. (laughs) like legit, like we made, we were making moves. Uh, I was uh, online looking at real estate in Argentina, comparing prices. And we were out here like, Uh, building almost an agenda to start like a tour of preaching across the country. And I mean, all these different things. And out of nowhere, you know, God spoke to me about El Salvador. Now I'm Salvadorian uh, through my parents. My parents were born in El Salvador, but I never lived in El Salvador, you know, but then I just started feeling this burden for this country. And I was like, man, what is it about this country that I feel a burden about? But of course, you know, my wife, uh, you've met her, uh, she's not Salvadorian. Uh, she's, you know, born in New York. She's, you know, her parents are from Paraguay and Dominican Republic. So I was like, Lord, if you ha- if you were going to send me to El Salvador, you know, why not a Salvadorian? You know, uh, you know how, like, how am I going to get this across her? How is she going to want this? But the thing about oh, yeah. it was that, you know, when God calls you to do something, he does it perfectly. It doesn't matter the situation, the person, or the time, he puts the past right in order for it to happen. Yeah. So literally, uh, the day that I decided to quit my job, uh, my wife quit her job without us uh, talking about it. But, you know, we kind of just got home and I was like, "Look, I gotta tell you that I put in my two weeks' notice. You know, I'm about to quit work. You know, I feel like God is about to take us out." And she's like, "Oh my God, and I was just gonna tell you that I just you know put my notices <laughs> in too." And I was like, "What? That's nuts!" I was like, "Okay, so now we're about to be broke. <laughs> so, so now what do we do?" <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: And um, dude, what? But dude, God, God provides. I mean, God, like. The thing about it is that when God gives an assignment, he's gonna provide for the assignment. Ooh. You know, he's not he's not gonna let you drown. You know, he he is he is a sustainer. And uh yeah, so we put in our two weeks' notice. That was the last week of June. By mid-July, we had moved to El Salvador. <laughs> yep, and it was one of those things where um uh, I had told my dad, I was like, look, I just feel like uh the Lord is calling us to plant something in El Salvador. And he was like, Well, he said, let's pray about it. And we were praying about it. Uh, He went to El Salvador for, uh, you know, for this purpose, you know, to kind of scope things out. Well, things didn't turn out how he expected um, due to some family emergencies. And then out of nowhere, uh, uh, he told me, Jason, why don't you go? I went. And what was supposed to be something for like two weeks ended up being almost a year.
0: Man. Okay. So you get to El Salvador and obviously now you have to start working. How, what was that process like? I mean, was it like you knew exactly what you were going to do? How did those first days look? Like wh- what happened when you got there?
1: So when I first got there, I didn't know what I was going. Uh, I didn't know what I was. I don't know. I didn't know what to expect. You know, um, I just knew that I was supposed to be there. Um, my uncle and my aunt, uh, they live out there. And we kind of just started doing kind of like a little cell group at the at the house and and then there was other two sisters um that were friends There were acquaintances of of them that you know would tag along yeah. and bro what was supposed to be you know because one of the things about Salvadoran people over there at least you know salvadorians from over there they're very timely oriented and uh well at least the people that will come what
0: do you mean by that like timely. so oriented?
1: like if they say we're gonna have a meeting for an hour It's going to be for an hour. It's not going to be like an hour 20, hour 45, you know? But, bro, it was crazy. Like, we would start, you know, just worshiping God. My wife, you know, she's a worshiper. Uh, We have a a little JBL boombox, one of those small ones that are very loud. And we Mm -hmm. called that, we nicknamed it the worship team because she would just put tracks there and she would just go off and and start worshiping and do like, it was just this aroma of heaven, with just unleash it with that house and what was supposed to, you know, we started at seven and yeah. our services would end at midnight. You know, people wow. were just slain in the spirit and the floor, just crying, people getting filled with the spirit um, and all these kind of stuff. And we you know, we just started seeing the, the, the backing of, of God in, in such a, in, in such a way. And it's not that we hadn't seen that in the past, yeah. you know, because in the past we've seen so many things happen is, you know, but it was like, we just knew that what was happening, was not only a confirmation that God was with us, but it was also showing his heart for the Salvadorian people for the for the moment that, that as a country that we're going through. And yeah. we were not the it factor, but we were part of that factor.
0: Wow.
1: You know, and, and God aligned it. And I mean, and out of nowhere, you know, just people started inviting people. They were like, bro, I ha- they were like, come and, you know, experience what we've never experienced in the past. You know, people with cancer getting healed. Like, and I'm talking about, confirmed by doctors, uh, people with lupus. We had a a, a doctor who, who, uh, who she herself was dealing with lupus. Um, her platelet levels, uh, were so low that they had, uh, they had sent her home. They told her you can't work like this. Mm -hmm. And, um, since she has access to the, you know, to the medical field, because she's a doctor, she would get tested every week to check her platelet levels. And on a Sunday, I was, uh, I was ministering and, uh, the Lord gave us a word for lupus, you know, and the thing about it is that, you know, it's kind of easy to give a word of knowledge when you have like hundreds of people there, you know, but when it's like about 15, you know, you know, you know, the margin, you know, you, you know, you gotta be spot on. And, you know, I just gave the word, I felt what I felt from the Lord and, and, you know, the service finished. And then at the end of the service, she walked up to me and she's like, pastor, she said, I want to let you know that the lady that you prayed for, I mean, that the person that you prayed for, lupus, it's me. You know, and I was like, oh, snap. So I prayed for her again. Well, that was that Sunday. The following Sunday, she's like, Pastor, I want you to pray for me for my birthday. And I noticed that this lady was like happier than normal. Yeah. And then she testified that her platelets went from being 80% uh, to 99.9% in a yeah. matter of a week. You know, it was like that. So that... You know, within itself, she started bringing her family. She started bringing me her patients. Uh, like I mean, it, it was it was nuts, bro. And I had people taking buses from from other places. Uh, they started inviting us to preach in radios. Uh, we were in a cabin, in a radio cabin, with my wife. My wife was out here preaching. I mean, uh, worshiping, and I was here supposed to give the word. And then out of nowhere, the Lord gives my wife a word of. Uh, of, of wisdom. And it happened to be that the lady who was with us, uh, she had ovarian cancer and, and, you know, my wife prays for this lady. This lady gets healed. I'm talking about in the radio show while we're in the cabin.
0: Wow. And,
1: and like, I mean, it was just a glory cloud in that place. And then the next week they started coming to our church and they, and then she was crying, testifying how nobody knew this and, and how she went back to the doctor. The doctor told her she was cancer free. I mean, it was just it was a snowball effect. What? and uh and i mean it was it was amazing yeah it, it was glorious
0: now for you to come in and to begin and to move in this way I, i've I, i'm guessing you had to face some obstacles in that sense right were, were people like you know standoffish at first or was it just straight to um miracles happen? And how did the people receive you when you first came in or how even like principalities like how how was the environment when you first got there because Central America from what I'm learning it's a tough area
1: yeah so uh, in the spiritual realm uh, with principalities it was a battle Um, it was a battle uh, a constant battle uh, where where I I definitely needed a a team of intercessors uh, covering me in prayer because well covering us as as a couple in prayer because it was a constant battle, you know, um, I mean, witches doing works. I mean, it, it, it was that kind of level of stuff. Um, and at first, yeah, you know, I had, I had a, a few people that, that were rejected. Uh, well in, in the case of El Salvador, yes, there's a lot of legalism, but the legalism that, that there is, is that, um, it's masked with a lot of, of, of Calvinistic theology where they don't believe in mm-hmm. the move of the spirit altogether. Yeah. But the thing about it is that, you know, what the Bible says is by the signs and wonders, they will believe. Mm-hmm. And, and the thing is like, it's kind of like what I told you earlier when I was a kid, you know, like, yeah, I had heart in my heart, but it doesn't matter how hard I hardened my heart. I couldn't deny the signs. I couldn't deny the experience.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I, I could, I could run away so much, but what I've encountered is, it's, it's beyond reality. And it's eventually going to, you know, knock out all these fortresses that I might have built up because of legalism, man. And that's what Central America needs. You know, Mm. it's a fresh move of God, you know, because legalism binds you and intimacy frees you, Mm. you know? And I think that's what, what, what Central America needs is just uh, an awakening and it's happening. I mean, it's happening. There's, there's so much hunger out there, like so much hunger. I mean, and, and and so much innocence because, you know, they're like, I feel a heat in my body. I feel electricity in my body. What is this? What have you done? You know, kind of deal. I, like, I haven't done nothing You know, that's God. I don't do anything, you know. And uh, but yeah. But yeah, there, there was definitely a battle. It was definitely I mean, uh, there's always going to be a battle. The thing yeah. is, like, if you don't have any opposition, then you're really not making any noise. Mm. You know, and you know, it, people who think that that ministry is easy is because you're not making any noise in the spiritual world. You're just, you know, kind of giving the chip and and and, di- and and drink to the people and just expect them to be happy. But no, you know, if you're really making changes in the spiritual atmosphere, you're going to receive, you know, attacks and stuff like that. But you know, greatest who's with us, so yeah, you know, that doesn't stop us.
0: Uh, talk to me about your your. The, one of the first healings that you encountered, you shared this at the, at the, at the retreat with the deaf guy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That was crazy.
1: <laughs> yeah. That wasn't on nurse. Um, yeah. Um, I was 21 years old. Uh, when I was, when I first encountered that, um, that was the first one, you know, where I, you know, where I was used for something. Healings. I've seen healings since I was a child, you know, I was mentioned to you. Um, but, you know, even when you're a child, you, you know, you can get kind of skeptical Maybe, be like, man, well, is it though? Like, is it for real? You know? But then when it happens to you kind of like, I mean, your perspective just changes. And, um, and the Bible is clear. Mark 16 says, and these signs will follow those who believe, hmm. you know, I mean, it's is clear. It doesn't say it'll follow apostles. It'll, it, it don't say it'll, it'll follow any of the, it'll, it's just who believes, hmm. you know? And, uh, and we, we were at that house. It was in a, in a very rural place. Uh, the, the, the household was just a very, uh, Catholic, uh, households. I mean, they were, you know, very committed to, to Catholicism and they didn't want to receive us, frankly, but it was enticing to them that we were Americans. I don't know if they thought we were going to give them money or something <laughs> or some kind of donations, you know, because that was kind of our niche. We were like, Hey, um, we're, we're missionaries from the U S we want to pray for you. You have any needs that we could pray for you. And that's kind of what we used in order for us to, you know, do an introductory yeah. and they, you know, they allowed us in, um, but they were very, you know, short with us the whole time, you know, they, you know, kind of like, all right, you know, do your spill. Are you going to give us something? If not, just bounce, leave kind of deal. And, uh, eventually, you know, uh, I got to a point that before we left, I was like, is there anybody here who, who, who needs a miracle? And the wife, you know, the, the guy was there. He he at t- to that point, he hadn't even said hi. Um, he was just very short with us. And um the wife was the one who said, My husband is he's deaf from his his left ear. And I was uh in my head, I was like, crap. <laughs> I was like, I was like, Lord, you know, why not a headache, a backache, you know, <laughs> a muscle <laughs> ache, you know, anything like that. You know, why that? You know, but um, but I was like, all right, well, let's pray. You know, cause at the end of the day, you know, uh, the one who, who's, who has committed himself to heal is not me, it's God, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just the vessel. He's yep. the healer. So, you know, and that's the problem nowadays, you know, when we make ministry about us, you know, that's when we fall short, you know, but it's easy when you're just a, a, a bridge for him to do what he likes to do most, Yeah. you know? And at that moment I was just like, well, uh, all right, well let's pray. So I put his hand here. I put, I, I put my hand here on his on his ear, and, and I had a team of, of of students. We were all students in the internship, and that was kind of our mission trip for that year. And uh, I started praying for him, and I was like, "Can you hear?" And he was like, "No." I was like, "Oh, uh, all the like, crap." I was like, "God," and, and you know, you know, and I heard God tell me, "Do it again." And I was like, "All right, cool." I was like, "Well, let's pray again." I put my hand again, and I prayed, and you know, I believed, and we were all there in their seating. I was like, "Can you hear now?" He said, "No." I was like, "Oh snap!" You know. And then I kind of wanted to give up. And one of the girls uh, from the group that it was—it was like three guys and two girls in the group. Uh, she told me, "She I want you to try again.'" And I was like, "Okay." I was like, "All right, cool. I'll try again." And but this time, you know, I, I grabbed my finger and stuck it in his ear. You know, legitly, like black just went in there, and you know, and and I was like, "Well." I was like, Holy Spirit, you're going to open his ear, you know? And I was like, in Jesus name, be healed. And I took it out. And as soon as I took my finger out, it's kind of like, maybe there was like a pop in his ear. I can't, I mean, I can't tell you what you heard, but what I saw was that the man started crying. I mean, automatically, boom, crying. Wow. And then he started like telling the people there, I could hear, I could hear, I could hear. And the thing is that, that at that moment, it was just his wife, himself, and another kid there. But as soon as he started saying, I could hear the, o- the doors of the rooms in that house started opening up and the people were actually hiding in the room, you know, came out of the room to see what was going on, you know, and the guy was crying. And the thing is, like, you know, uh, a Central American man, you know, in Central America, you know, that, oh, that yeah. the, the manliness, to you just know, they cry? don't like to cry. weakness, they don't like to cry, mm-hmm. especially like in front of another man. You know, yeah. but this guy, he could, he was overwhelmed, you know, with the presence. And of course, you know, we all got hyped. And I was like, the one who healed was Jesus. <laughs> you know, his name is Jesus and he's here to save. And I was yes. like, who wants to receive Jesus? And out of nowhere, I mean, all the hands just got up. And they were like, we wow. all, that. Like the whole household, you know, got saved. And yeah, that that was, that was the first one. And we got him connected. Actually, we got the household connected to the local church that we were, you know, working with, who was sponsoring us wow bro
0: oh man you know i I say it on on almost every episode but you know i've been saved for a year and a half and uh a lot of this stuff i'm like completely like i'm blown away this is why i love to do this podcast because like i get to like just like hear crazy stories and um oh man what's another what's another one what's the craziest like thing or what? what's the craziest testimony that you have when it comes to, I mean it's in general with walking with the
1: Lord well let me tell you something, uh, when that happened, that miracle happened I was just not even, I was not even seven months into my walk with God, wow so that's the thing about God God doesn't see, st- the stature in the kingdom is not measured by the time that you've served him, it's wow. measured by the by your surrender of your heart to him hmm. You know, because sometimes we out here, we we out here throwing numbers. Like if, if that's gonna impress God mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. much more for Him to use you, and God doesn't need that. God just needs your surrender.
0: Mm.
1: You know, I mean, think about it. Sometimes you spend a whole lifetime trying to be something in the kingdom, but the apostles only spent three years with Jesus, and they were apostles. They changed it. The, they changed the the world forever. You that's know, true. and and you know, and that's what I tell my youth. You know, here, you know, when it's, it's like. you you don't need a degree. I mean, it's good. I'm not against it. You know, I I went to school for it. Um, you don't need all these things. Like he just needs your surrender. You know, Mm. your hunger, you know, nobody could, you know, if there's something that moves the heart of God is hunger, you know? And I guess that one of the craziest ones that I've seen, um, was this girl who used to come to church here in Charlotte. Um, she, uh, she was pregnant and she was in a high risk pregnancy. Um, Mm. So when she got pregnant, she caught a virus, a bacteria. And uh, the doctor told her, you have to abort. Straight up, you need to abort. Wow. Like, if not, this bacteria is going to kill you. Because I guess um, somehow uh, when, when, you know, the fetus had a, I don't know, but somehow she caught a bacteria. The thing was that, you know, she was throwing up like all the time, you know, instead of gaining weight, she was losing it. I mean, the girl was sick, like, like she was bedridden for months. Yeah. And she was one of my, and She was one of the leaders who worked with me uh, in the ministry. And, uh, you know, she kind of uh, she stopped coming to church just because she couldn't make it because of the sickness. And at this point, I didn't know what was going on. So this testimony, I found out about it uh, in a birthday party because she was out here crying her eyes out, like testifying what God had done.
0: Wow.
1: So uh, she came on a Sunday. And I remember that day, too, because I, I had preached. And I saw her and she was kind of like, you know, sitting on, on her on her own and, you know, kind of like, you know, she was very friendly. But at that point, I guess, you know, the situation she was going through, she kind of just wanted to be left alone. Yeah. And uh, when I had finished um, everything, she was kind of just there, you know, and everybody was already saying bye to each other. The, the service was closed. And I told her, come, you know, and I came and well, you know, God gave me a word for her specifically, you know, for for her. for for her baby. I mean, she didn't even know what the sex was at that point. Um, And I told her, I was like, it's going to be, you know, a girl and this and this and that and all this. Her situation was so bad that every day she had nurses come to the house and check on the status of her, on her status and the status of the fetus because she had to abort. Like, they told her she has to abort. So the thing is, she was already, uh, she didn't want another sex of the child because she didn't want to, you know, uh, Developed feet, like she didn't want to over, she didn't want to give herself away, uh, like in this maternal love. To yeah, she didn't to, want to be disappointed. To, to, exactly to yeah. a point where later on she would be disappointed if she had to, you know, abort it or not. Right. And when she went to the like, so at that point when she was preyed on, even though she was six months into her pregnancy, uh, about to be seven months. Um, the fetus size and the development of the fetus was the fetus of a three-month-old. Whoa. Yeah. I mean, it was nuts. And every Monday, um, she would go to the, to the doctor's office and get a, a ultrasound. And, and when she would get an ultrasound or, or sonogram, one of those, one of those. Anyway, so the doctor told her, like, legit, like, I don't know what happened here. She's like, but the fetus is the, the size of a six-month fetus like legit, like bro, legit, legit. And, and the woman was crying from that day on, no more throwing up the bacteria disappeared. Everything on her pregnancy was absolutely normal. The girl is born. She's completely healthy, completely normal. Um, it is, she is a girl. Um, and I mean, God did the miracle. I mean, it was nuts. It was one of those things that, you know, in the, in the U S you know, because people think, oh well, you know, it's good that God does these things in other countries, but God does the same thing in this country. Mm. You know, like the doctors were surprised; they're like, I don't know what happened here. You know, and she was, you know, says, so like, "Oh, it was Jesus! It was Jesus!" And um, you know, God is doing the same thing here in this country. And I think that was one of the crazy ones that I've that I've experienced here in the states. Wow, man,
0: what's next for you, man? I mean, now you're you're back in the states. I know you're yes. going to go visit el salvador right i think what like two weeks and next week i don't know yeah
1: in about two weeks yeah
0: um but what what is the lord leading you into now
1: i have a i have a heart for revival you know uh when i was lost when i was without christ i would i didn't know boundaries you know and i feel like one of the biggest disappointments for Christians in God's eyes, is that how is it that when you were without God you didn't have boundaries? But how come now in your relationship with Him, you set boundaries and you don't let loose on what God called us to do? You know, and mm. and you know, because we feel like God is this cookie cutter that he just expects something from you, but no, God loves your wild side that he created it for a reason. You just gotta channel it properly. Oh. And and uh I love revival. You know, when I was in the world, I was crazy, bro. I was I didn't have no, I didn't have no boundaries. And I was like, I, I, you know, and unfortunately, sometimes when you're not careful, you could find yourself in your relationship, in your walk, setting boundaries without you even knowing, hmm. you know, and sometimes God just has to shake you up a bit, kind of to remind you where you're at, who you serve and what you need to do in order to get where you need to go. Right. So I think that right now I'm going El Salvador. Um, there's this uh, assignment from God that I know that needs to be done with the country I know that there's a move of God that God is going to just uh, outpour in, in this nation and also here in, in in the States. And, you know, our heart is to plant as many churches as we can. We uh, Charlotte, I believe, is just the, the, the starting point. And, um, and I'm just passionate about revival. I'm passionate about, about seeing life transformed and, and just seeing God be God. You know, mm. because I think that for so long, you know, even though a lot of preachers preach about God, but the platform has become more about them, yep. you know, about, about, you know, what's trends and, you know, all this stuff. And, and God is kind of like just a topic that gets us together, but it's not really what's making the changes happen. You know, they're superficial. And I think God wants to take us to a place where things become authentic again, hmm. you know, where, where, where he is God, you know, where, where he does what he's doing. You know, it's like we have this, this saying here at the church, you know. Yeah. I, I, yeah. You might see us as the pastors, but the pastor of this church is called the Holy spirit. You know, he's the pastor. He's the one who decides what happens. He decides when we start, he decides when we finish, he decides how these things are going to happen hmm. because when we understand that the church is his, you know, we're we're going to see results that we didn't even expect to see. I mean, cause he knows how to do what he's called, you know, what he does. And, and I think that for this season in my life, uh, I believe that revival is already here.
0: Yeah,
1: Um, Revival is here. I mean, it it is in the States and in, in the world. I mean, the preview of a revival is a mess. Like historically, every revival, every outpouring that occurred either in the U.S. or in any country was first started by something, you know, going wrong. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that we are in the, in the outs, in, like we're in the beginnings of the biggest move of God that we've ever experienced here in this, in this nation and in the world. I believe So it. I know that this generation, regardless of how, you know, messed up or lost, you know, we might think that we are, we're part of this and, and God is, is lifting men, women, and children, youth, you know, with this heart of revival, that's just going to shake the nations. So that's, that's my heart.
0: I believe it, man. Any, any last words that you have for the youth, for, for anybody listening to you right now?
1: Yeah, I think I would tell you not to be afraid to be yourself in God. You know, uh, we, can manuf- uh, we can manufacture experiences and, and worship services and, and we could we manufacture, it. you know, we, we set up the lights nice, we put the fog, you know, we put, we could do all this. But one thing that you can never manufacture is the presence you know, and, and God is looking for authentic authenticity. You know, he's looking for the real you, not the, not the idea of you. Uh, And I think that when you come to terms that God is not interested in the idea of who you think he should love, but just understand that he loves you with your mess and loves you with your flaws. And he's there with open arms. He's not, he's not, he's not out here just to judge you. There's going to be a time where that's going to happen. Yeah. But, this moment right now is the moment of restoration when he just wants to take you out of the place where you're at. And he wants to show you that there's so much more than what you're looking at right now. Mm. And and I think that a lot of people want to do a lot of things for God, but they don't know how to start because they feel like that they're a disappointment or they feel like God is so far reached uh, from them that it's impossible. Well, I'm here to tell you that God is closer than ever. He is not far away from you. If not, he's closer than ever to your life. He's interested in every detail of your life because he created it. You know, he loves you with your mess and without your mess. He's the perfect restorer. You know, he's there to restore you. He's there to take you out of whatever place you might find yourself in. And he's just waiting for you to give him a real opportunity. You know, and I I, I honestly believe that, you know, someone is going to hear this and know that there is hope you know, there is so much hope. You know, one thing I tell people is that if he could do it with me, of course he could do it with you. You know, he, he is invested in, in, in what he's done. You know, he's invested. Look, if there's anyone who's more invested and more interested for you to work out is God. Come on now. (laughs) You know, if there's anybody, you know, sometimes we feel like, oh, it's in our best interest. no, 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 no. Yeah. I mean, it is, but God is mostly God is interested. He, he, his interest in you is so great that he took him. He took it upon himself to leave the throne. I mean, I think about this. I'm like, come on now, you know, like oh, he is so invested in you to the point where he left the commodity of heaven. He left the comforts of heaven. He left the worship of heaven for you and for me. You know, and and he didn't just leave it in in any. You know, I I think about it from God's perspective, how degrading it is to become what you created, but yet be humble enough to live like one of us, to be tempted like one of us, to die like one of us, but to resurrect the only way he could have done it. Yep. And it's because of that resurrection, it's because of that blood that we are not called partakers of this grace and we're we're called to his kingdom because he did with death what you and I cannot do. And that's what I love about God because God is not here... You know, to to tell you, look, I'm here. You know, this no, no, no. He he became flesh. You know, he became exactly what you and I are. You know, to show us that you could live in this life. You know, yes, there's struggles. Yes, you know, there's temptations. But God said that in Him you could overcome anything. He said that He will never allow you to be tempted with something that you cannot overcome. You know, so be 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 expected. You know, cause yeah. uh, God is is ready to show out with you. He's ready to use you. He's ready. Like, don't wait for the opportunity to come. Today, now is the opportunity. He is mm. going to do it. Mm. So, I think that's what I would I would say to somebody who's listening to me now. <laughs>
0: <Ooh>. <laughs> that's good, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Because I think about that. Um, all, actually, that that is what has fueled me, and that's what fueled me in this pandemic when when the gospel was fully revealed to me, when that was revealed to me, the fact that God, you know, would come from his throne and come into the world, you know, and, and really show us, um, how to properly live and then show us his humility and show us, man. (laughs) Thank you, bro. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. Um, whatever you need, you know, I am here. Uh, I appreciate you for coming. If anybody's listening, wants to follow Jason, um, I'm gonna put all the links in the description below. So make sure to follow him on Instagram, Facebook. I'll also put his ministry, the church that he serves. Um, I'll put it in the in the description. And the church is called Brazas Ardiente. Is that? Yeah, uh, Brazas Braza Ardiente, which Braza burning,
1: ardiente. Cold, burning, burning coal. Burning coal. Just...
0: Yes. So I'll put all the links down below. Make sure you give him a, a, a shoot him an email or give him a call if you need to. Um, you know, reach community down there in Charlotte. Um, and for anybody tuning in um, make sure that you check us out on Spotify, Apple Music, on YouTube we are on all platforms if you need any community or if you need any help, please feel free to reach out to me at eric at thewanderingsun.com and we're here to help you or I can connect you with people who can help you wherever you are so thank you so much for tuning in and we'll catch you on the next episode next Wednesday thank you guys, God bless you, peace